0: Okay, I hope hello everybody. I hope everyone is doing well. Um we are going to take a second to just ground ourselves, just to remind you we are still in chapter 1. We're going to be in chapter 1 for quite a while. We're still only in section 1 of chapter 1. Um but it doesn't really matter. We're in no rush. We are just going to um take as long as we need. So, Everyone just take a big, deep breath. If any of your days was like mine, we need to just settle, kind of be present in our space. I don't want you to do anything right now except just um, observe and just, I
1: um, got the word I'm looking for, but just, just be and just kind of notice what you're feeling. Any sensations in your body, any pain, any discomfort, just kind of let it be.
0: Try to feel like some of that tension and stress just dissolving as you focus on the space that you're in right
1: now. We'll take a couple deep breaths. And then we'll start class. So, big inhale and a just relieving exhale, like a, almost like a sigh. You should feel tension kind of leave your body as you exhale. Last one. Keep your eyes closed for an extra couple seconds. Let your breath return to normal.
0: And when you're ready, You can gently open your eyes. If you feel like you need to do a little wiggle, you know, stretch, roll your neck, you know, do what you got to do. Okay. But we're going to, we're going to jump right in. Um, Who remembers where we left off last class? We were in the middle of this big discussion about the negative commandments and the positive commandments and what happens when we do these positive commandments right we have not we're doing an active um an act, uh, embodied action right and it takes like physical action and, and and refraining from a negative um prohibition is a passive experience right not doing something is passive but we said we we left off saying last class that, that even though it's a passive action it's still an action. Not doing something is still an action. It's a passive action. So it's still affecting the worlds above us, right? Just like when we do a positive commandment. The whole point is what's happening, right? Everything's a mirror. So when we do something down here, it affects the worlds up there, the light that comes down into the worlds which then affects what comes down to us. So we need to understand and know like what's the difference between the positive and negative commandments, okay? So, um, so when you choose to not violate a prohibition, um, so you are causing an, an improved alignment in the upper worlds, but not as much. Okay. And we need to understand what's the subtle difference between the negative and the positive commandments, okay? So in order to do that, the Tanya is going to bring a metaphor because that's what Tanya likes to do, right? It always helps us understand more, right? We like the metaphors. So Tanya quotes Zohar saying there, there are 248 positive commandments and these reflect the 248 organs of the king. Who's the king? God, right? And obviously... God doesn't have physical organs but it's a metaphor okay the metaphor is um that god we're 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 because we have a finite brain and because we understand things mostly when we can relate to them we're giving god 248 organs and we're going to understand what that represents okay so the point of this metaphor is to Um, describe the phenomenon of spiritual embodiment. We want to understand what it means when we say embodied action, spiritual embodiment. What are we saying? Okay. So what happens is the flow reaches us from the um, higher realms, because what's happening, the infinite light the infinite formless light right becomes contained and embodied in the in finite vessels okay albeit spiritual but they're still um they still have form what are we saying the infinite light which is godliness when we do a mitzvah the infinite light the godliness gets embodied in the spiritual worlds now, even though the spiritual worlds to us are spiritual and feel very not tangible, they still have form in, compared to God, right? So we have this infinite light that's being embodied in this vessel of the worlds, okay? And what happens is, is that this is the, the it's very crucial, it's this, bridge right if you will this metaphysical bridge that that bridges between infinite god to finite creations okay this embodiment this process of infinite light being embodied in finite um creations is the the gap and the bridge between god and his people or god and his world or god and objects okay so um it's, it's a totally spiritual process. Okay. What we're talking about is a spiritual process, but it resembles physical embodiment. So what do I mean? Just like light, just like God's light is being embodied and contained in vessels. It's the same thing that happens between our soul being contained by our body. Right? It makes you understand. You get you get where we're going here. So no, you don't get it. Okay. So just so we have God's infinite light, right? That that is coming down and being embodied by the 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 spiritual world, right? The spiritual worlds are a finite vessel that contains the infinite godliness. Our bodies are a finite vessel that's containing. The soul that has infinite godliness. Okay? So we're comparing these two processes, right? Our soul, which is really, if you want to go to its core an infinite, because it's a piece of God, being embodied by our body. the light that's in these spiritual worlds are an infinite light being embodied by the finite worlds. okay? So on Earth, Embodied worship only occurs when a positive commandment is being observed. You have to be doing a tangible activity for this embodiment to occur. So if we want the infinite light to be embodied by the finite worlds, that only happens when we're doing a positive commandment. That doesn't really happen when we're refraining from a negative. In order for embodiment has to be able to occur, it has to be a tangible action. You have to be lighting Shabbos candles, you have to be eating a kosher food, you have to be keeping Shabbos, right? These are all positive commandments that are going to be affecting embodiment of godliness. Okay. Um, so the passive worship of avoiding transgressions. Um, it may be an activity, quote unquote, but it's lacking the crucial component of embodiment. Okay. When you refrain from a negative commandment, you are not, um, causing this embodiment to happen because it's too passive. Okay. Okay. Can I, I, um, yes, I don't want to like argue, please do. Please but, do. <laughs> but if I, or a person wants to like, send a screenshot of something to their friends, to like speak Lush and Hara, and they, d- you know, just hypothetically, and they don't do that, like, that's very hard. It's takes a lot of work and restraining. I think like passive sounds so easy it's also unfair right it's like it's it's very hard (laughs) i have to work very hard not to do these things right and you're 100 percent right and i am god willing if we get to where i hope we get tonight and again it doesn't really matter but because we'll get there eventually we're going to learn and understand the like pros and cons of each experience And there are, because of what you're saying, like when you actually transgress a negative commandment, which is where we're going to go, the repentance is much harder because of what you're drawing down when you're doing something negative, right? So we're going to get there and let me know if by the end of class, your question still remains. And I think, I mean, it partially will because I think, you know, refraining from not doing something is very hard. At the same time, uh, it's still, it's still considered passive because you're not, it's not a, um, it's not a tangible act. It's just, I'm not doing something. So it doesn't make it, I don't think what the Tanya is saying here is easy or harder. It's, we're talking about spiritual effect. Like, what's co- what's happening when I'm doing a positive commandment what am I affecting what spiritual you know uh domino effect am I having when I do a positive commandment and what's happening spiritually when I do something negative and we're gonna hopefully understand that much better by the end of this class okay so cu- get back to me if we're still stuck okay um so since spiritual worlds are a mirror to the physical worlds, right? Only embodied worship of a positive commandment is capable of bringing out embodiment of the energies in the upper world. So we have to be doing something tangible to, to affect embodiment in our own person, in our own body, right? Like in order to really draw down spirituality into our own body, we have to be doing something physically spiritual, refraining from a negative is 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 amazing and it's it's asked of us and it's very important and it's hard probably harder i think refraining from a negative is much harder than doing the positive right but but when you do the positive that's when the light comes in that's when you're opening that window for god to come in refraining from a negative is too passive for that experience and other experiences will happen so in order for the embodiment to be happening in the spiritual worlds we have to be doing something down here in the physical world because we're a mirror. We, we mirror each other back and forth. Okay. So meaning light entering and inhabiting the vessels brings tangible flow to the universe. Okay. So I want you to, it's, it's really like a, a little bit of a loop, right? We do an embodied action, a positive commandment. It allows light to come and embody the spiritual world, which then in turn allows the light to be more tangible down here in a global way, right? So I want you to look at it this way. Do a a positive action, embody light in your own personal body, okay? Affects the spiritual world, which then affects the physical world. We get get the flow?
1: Okay. Good question, Bobby. Does that mean, like
2: not just for the, okay, I'm not going to be able to get the terminology right. But like when the light yeah, is yeah. coming down, that's not just yeah. in your own life. That's like in the whole realm of it. Because we talked about this a yes. like, yes. while wow, Like what you do impacts in ways that you can't see in ways that you can't know.
0: Everything we do has like a microcosm and a macrocosm, right? So when we do a positive commandment, we're obviously first and foremost affecting our own personal spiritual experience and embodiment of God, right? Which then affects the spiritual world, which then in turn affects the greater physical world. So listen, like this is all happening by one positive action by one person, It's, that's pretty, pretty, pretty big, right? So that's why the positive commandments are referred to as organs. Okay. To illustrate the unique power of the spiritual embodiment and how, because each commandment and activity has a unique manifestation of the divine. Okay. So each mitzvah has a different kind of light right? So if we have 248 positive commandments, we have two, which, okay, listen, it's a lot, 248 positive commandments, 248 organs, which what we're really saying, organs of God, right? What we're really saying is there are 248 different kinds of light, right? So when you, when a male wears tithis, he's bringing down the tithis light, okay? It's a different light from when a woman lights Shabbos candles. So there's 248 separate embodiments, which we, which is, if we think about it as organs, it, it kind of helps us understand. Like we have 248 in our in organs in our body, which do different things, right? Organs and limbs. Sorry, um, which all have its own unique job, right? Um, so too, God has 248 different kinds of light connected to the different mitzvahs the positive commandments and so they're not interchangeable like you can say whatever i did three mitzvahs today like i'm good all the light like it doesn't matter like light's light, right but what we're saying here is that each mitzvah has a different light that comes down and and affects the world in a different way so there's a titsis light and there's a tzedakah light and there's a shabbos light right and those things are you can't bring down the tzitzis light by giving tzedakah, right? So each single one of these things are important because they have their own special divine hue, if you will, right? This divine special energy that happens for each mitzvah, okay? So if we wanted to summarize this section in one little sentence, this is what it would sound like, okay? Um, And I'm going to just quote this directly from Latanya because it says it best the summary is like this a positive command overrides a prohibition since it benefits the universe more by stimulating the embodiment of energies in the upper worlds resulting in a more tangible flow to us i'm going to say it again okay this is a summary of what we've been discussing the end of last class and now in the beginning of this class a positive commandment overrides a prohibition since it benefits the universe more by stimulating the embodiment of energies in the upper worlds, resulting in a more tangible flow to us. This is why positive commandments, remember, let's backtrack while we're even talking about this. We want to understand why, I'm going to remind you, because sometimes we get so engrossed in this in this kind of like side discussion, you have to remember why we're talking about this in the first place. We're talking about this because we want to understand why positive commandments, if we um, um, fail to perform a positive commandments, when we go to repent, right, um, we're uh, we're atoned right away. We don't have to wait till Yom Kippur. The atonement is right away. But, but it's confusing because the Gemara tells us that positive commandments are, are, are more valuable than transgressing a negative. So why is it easier to repent for? Okay, we didn't get to the reason why it's easier to repent for, but right now we just established, right? This is why, you know, things take a long time because we're establishing these core values, right? We're establishing these core ideas that make up our, our like, you know, I want to say ecosystem, but like make up the way things go. And in order to understand repentance and atonement and forgiveness, we have to understand what our actions actually mean in the, in the first place, right? So we've, we've, we've come to the conclusion, right? After this whole discussion, we've come to the conclusion that yes, positive commandments are more valuable. Why? Because they're tangible and they allow the upper worlds to be embodied by spiritual light, which then allows our worlds to get more tangible godly light. Okay. Now we understand that we're going to go on. We're going to move on to the next concept in one second, but Karen, yes.
1: Do we have 248 organs? Organs and limbs. But we do.
0: Um, I,
1: 200,
0: I <laughs> 248. And that's yeah. Why and compared to- yeah. And 365 sinews and like veins and like muscles and all that other stuff. Okay. So the 248 organs and limbs are actually physical. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. Okay. Thank Um, you. If you ask a doctor and they negate that, don't come back to me, (laughs) (laughs) but I'm pretty sure it's like kind of an established thing. Okay. So um, now, This light that we keep talking about flows to the person observing the commandment. So we did this briefly, but I want to, I like how the Tanya broke it down really just quickly for the sequence of events. I I did it quickly, but let's, let's break it down. The sequence of events. Human observes positive commandment. Okay. Infinite light enters vessels in the divine realm. Okay, making it more tangible and accessible. And three, light flows down to the universe, especially through the soul of the person who initiated it. Okay, so we added this extra element. The light that you're bringing down to the world because of this positive commandment is flowing through this person specifically. Right? If you are lighting Shabbos candles, you you do the action. The infinite light enters the vessels above right? Making it more tangible, accessible. And then the light flows down to the universe through you. You are the vessel in which this light is coming to the world. So it's not only affecting your own body, but you, but you, through you, the world is being affected by this spiritual, um, by your spiritual addition of light. Okay. So just think, just pause for a second. And I know, like we're talking. This is why, you know, in the beginning when I when I decided to do a Garris chuva, I was a little scared because I'm like, who wants to focus on chuva all day? Like, who wants to focus on the wrongdoings and whatever? Like, it felt a little scary and it felt a little negative. But this is why, like, once you really understand, like, what we're actually learning, like, we're not, you know, like these are really powerful concepts. Like, if you just sit down, sit for a second, close your eyes, and imagine and visualize when you do a mitzvah right? You basically are a portal in through which light comes into the world. Okay. That's a very, very powerful concept. So, so some of those are really, really difficult and we have to work really, really hard to do them. And some are easier and and that's going to look different for every human, right? We all gravitate towards different things. But if you can imagine that if you wake up in the morning and you put a coin in the tzedakah box, What are you doing? It it takes a half a second. Give me one second. It takes a half a second. And what you're doing is embodying the spiritual worlds with light. And then you yourself are becoming a portal for light into this world that wasn't there before. And that no one could do for you, right? You're bringing light into the world, basically. You're bringing light into the world, but like, you know. Yes, Robin. Oh, let me unmute you. I can unmute you. Hold on.
1: Where are you? Oh,
0: here. Why? Oh, okay.
1: Thank you. Are you that, unmuted? Yes,
2: I'm unmute. I okay. think I am.
0: I don't know what happened. Sorry.
2: No, that's okay. I'm on my phone, so I, I can't unmute me, but you did. So thank you. Oh, okay. Okay, perfect. Um, am I correct that right now studying Tanya, we're doing a positive command? So everything you're talking about is happening right now?
0: Yeah, yeah yeah thanks for bringing that up you know like like what's it called mind blown like what's the, that emoji you know where your brain's exploding So basically yeah like that's what we're doing right now. We're studying Torah right which is one of the biggest positive commandments that we can do and each and every one of us is causing infinite light to come down into the spiritual worlds which in turn is causing tangible light to come down to this world through us. We are now all 10 of us, are being portals of light onto the world. Wow. Okay. Whoa, whoa. Like big stuff. Okay. Thank you, Robin. Like we need to like really ponder that and and, and be aware of it. Like, you know how I, you know, maybe we'll add that into our, um, you know, before class meditation, you know, that we do. It's like, think about what we're about to do, right? We are about to fulfill a positive commandment We are about to be portals of light. Amazing. Okay. So so just as our actions affect the makeup of the spiritual worlds, right? It also infuses the one who performed the action with sanctity. Okay. So the person who's doing this positive act is being infused with sanctity. And that's why, you know, I never thought about it's like, you never really think about these things, especially when you're doing them for so long or you're born with them or you're, you're not really paying attention. Like you don't think about what's happening. Like if you think like, that's why we say the standard blessing of Baruch HaTah Hashem, B'lokeinu Asher Kedishanu, right? What does that mean? Asher Kedishanu, who sanctified us with his commandments. That's what we say every time we make a blessing we are being sanctified with god's commandments right um and it's basically we're what we're doing is we're expressing this intimate union between us and the divine right um and it's achieved by the worshiper the person who is doing the mitzvah now um so f- like it's 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 this u- this union that's happening Every time we do a mitzvah, we are being sanctified and we're having this union, right? And if you also, um, a kiddushin, kedishanu, kiddushin is the same root word, is marriage, right? So when we do a mitzvah, it's basically akin to the union of a marriage, but on steroids, okay? Think about the union of a marriage of a, a husband and wife coming together as one, That's what's happening every time we do a mitzvah between us and God. It's a sanctification. It's a marriage. It's a union between us and God. Okay. Now the degree in which the person senses the divine, right. Is dependent on his spiritual level. It's happening whether you see it or not, but depending on your level of spirituality you will be able to sense it more or less right so if you are spiritually in tune and you're sensitive to energy and you are aware and looking for it you'll sense it more right if you are just doing it by rote and a day you know you're not really focused on it or you're not so spiritually in tuned you won't sense it as much it's still happening right? It's like those things, these things are happening. It's just a matter of whether you are tapped into it or not. Are you feeling it? Are you sensing it, right? There's energies all around us all the time, everywhere, right? I talk about this so much, right? There are people who are more energetically sensitive, who can feel people's energy the second they walk into the room, right? And in a big way, And there's people who are more oblivious to it, right? More desensitized, Same thing with spirituality. There are people who can really tap into the spiritual, you know, esoteric parts of their life and by the way, you, you could also do that. Even if you're not naturally energetically in tune, you could, you could practice that, right. You can meditate, you can get there, right. You, you could get more spiritually in tune. You can become more energetically sensitive. Um, but so depending on your level of sensitivity, that will be, um, how much you sense what's happening, you know, or not. Right. It's all, it's happening, but whether you sense it or not depends on your attunement basically. Um, right. And the more sensitive the person is in the spiritual realm, the more he'll be able to sense this light that's being infused inside of him. Right. Um, and the Tanya goes on to say that even if you don't sense it, your soul does, right? Your soul feels it, whether our physical body feels it or not. Right. So I think when, like for me, when I meditate, um, on my Sunday morning, Tanya class, we've been doing this meditation that we're imagining basically our soul as the window. Well, which, which it is, we're just trying to visualize it. The soul is this window. To God, right? And you open the window and God's light pours into you, right? And the more you open the window, right? The more rays of sunshine, the more light you get, right? And I find that when I choose to meditate on that and I think about it, I become more aware of it in my life. Right, because what you think about is what you care about, which is what you're gonna surround yourself with, is which what you gonna you're gonna start noticing, right? So it's all like a domino effect. But anyways, um, this is what happens: whether you see it or don't see it, sense it or not sense it, your soul senses it. This is what's happening every time you do a mitzvah. You're having this intense union with God, on marriage, um, and you are being sanctified by God. Okay. Um, so this is why a positive commandment takes precedence over violating a prohibition. Okay. It's because it creates a new supernal light that shines throughout the world that wasn't there before. When you do a positive commandment, you are creating a new light. That will will not exist without you have doing it, and we now know that lights are not interchangeable, right? Like, there's only one light for this person doing this mitzvah. Like, there's not, you're not, like, no one else can do it for you, right? Um, but in regards to tshuva, the atonement process is easier. So the question is why, right? Why is the atonement process easier for something that's way more significant, that's valued way more, that brings this internal, supernal light into the world? Like, why is it so easy to atone for? Right? And we're not saying that Shuva is easy, but it's much, it's the easiest of all the choices, right? Every other kind of sin we have to atone for, we've got to wait to Yom Kippur. We have to at least wait to Yom Kippur. For it to be um atoned here we're saying on site on 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 site we're, we're 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 forgiven okay um so um it's not because it's less serious it's because it's passive okay now i want you to flip in your brain right we're going to be talking the exact opposite of what we're saying the reason why negative commandments don't bring down a tangible light is because it's passive right the reason why we don't have to the atonement for a positive commandment doesn't take more effort it's because it's a pa- the light being sh- being not creating the light is passive right you can't Atone for not creating a light.
1: Right? You can atone for not obeying
0: God. You, you're atoning for the rebellion. You're atoning for the rebellion of not, of, of not doing what God wants. But you can't really atone for something you didn't do. When you do a positive commandment, you're creating a light that wasn't there before. There's no way to rectify that. You can't fix it. Right? Because it's something that wasn't created. And, and now it, the world is lacking it, but it's a passive lacking because there's no embodied action to it. Because it's just something that you didn't create because you didn't do something. Okay? S- sit with it for a minute. We're going to continue. It's going to make sense. It's going to make sense. Okay? Because
1: we know the most
0: metaphysical power is carried by tangible activity. In order for something to be metaphysically powerful, it has to be tangible down in this world. So failing to observe a commandment is passive. It's a passive rebellion against God, right? There was no deed involved. So the same reason why a negative commandment is the same reason why not doing a negative commandment is less important than a positive commandment is the same reason why a positive commandment is easier to atone for than a negative commandment. Follow the action. Basically, you have to follow the
1: embodied action. When
0: you owe when when you transgress a tangible prohibition that's an action right you are not doing something physical what happens is you're not you are doing let's say so let me give you an example let's say you're eating a ham sandwich right you're eating a ham sandwich is a tangible activity to atone for that what happens is you drew down negative light. You, that takes a lot to atone for that, right? When you don't do a positive commandment, what's happening is you didn't bring down the positive light. But what are you gonna do about it? You have to atone for the rebellion, but you can't fix something that's not here. The,
1: the lack is what's, what's wrong. Is it making sense? Okay. When we do, when we transgress something negative. So like we're eating a ham sandwich. Doesn't that not create light or does that create it draws bad light?
0: down? It draws down negative light. Okay. It draws down negative light. The reason why it's considered. So the passive part of it, when we were talking about why positive commandments are, are more tangible. It's like, if we didn't eat the ham sandwich, what does that do, right? That's passive. Not eating the ham sandwich is passive. But if you ate the ham sandwich, that's not passive. That's a tangible rebellion against God. Not lighting the Shabbos candles is passive. Lighting the Shabbos candles is tangible. So, depending on which perspective you're looking at it from, if you're looking at it from a perspective of what's happening, when you do the positive commandment, it's bringing down light. So according to its value, it's more valuable, but according to its, according to, um, transgression or atonement, it's more not doing the positive commandment is passive, just like not doing the negative commandment is passive. Either I'm gonna, I'm gonna have a metaphor for you. That is gonna, that's gonna tie this all in together. Okay. But Okay. I'm sorry if I'm not being so clear, but like, do you, do you get what I'm saying? (laughs) Okay. We're, it's gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna, (laughs) Carrie is like, Oh no. Okay. Don't give up. We're gonna, you're going to see it at the end. Yes. Robin. Do I have to unmute you again? Let me see.
2: So if I understand you correctly, it's all about what we bring down. If we don't bring anything down, Because we didn't do a positive commandment. Nothing came down. It's not a big deal to rectify. It's pretty simple.
0: Right. And and what what it is, is a missed opportunity.
2: Right. Right? If If we violate a negative command, we brought down something negative. Now something substantial needs to happen to atone for it.
0: Yes. Because it's whatever is tangible. It's the embodied act. Whatever. It's what you're physically doing. So when it's passive, it's when you're not doing, you can't atone for something you didn't do. You can atone for, you're atoning for the rebellion. You're atoning for the fact that I didn't listen to you, God, right? But that's why it's forgiven right there and then, because there's, after that, there's nothing left to atone for. It's just a missed opportunity. But if you ate the ham sandwich, not only do you have to atone for the rebellion, but you have to atone for the negative light that came down when you ate that ham
2: sandwich. Yeah. It's easier for me to think.
0: process.
2: If I do something negative, I'm bringing, am I okay. If I'm doing something positive, I'm bringing down positive light. If I do something negative, I'm bringing down negative light. If I fail to do something positive, it's not that big a deal because I didn't bring down any light. I wouldn't
0: say it's not that big a deal. The, the missed opportunity is a huge deal, but it's just... (laughs) nothing to atone for after the rebellion part of it.
2: Right. From an atonement standpoint, it's not as yes. big a deal. Yes. Yeah. It's just all about the, what you brought down. At, at least that, that makes it easier for me to process what you're saying.
0: Okay. Yeah. Me too, okay.
2: Robin. Thank you. I also have another comment. It's like, okay. if you're in a conflict with somebody and the, like you holding back on saying something horrible is like good, but like, when you actually say something and it's tremendously hurtful to the other person, like there's a lot that has to go a into a lot that.
0: more to rectify yeah. when the words come out, right? I actually have a very the ta- the the Green Tanya Rabbi Doctor Doctor Miller Chaya Miller Rabbi Miller I don't know Chaya Miller. He um, brings out a really great example that I think is going to really help us all, and it's on similar lines to you what you just said. So basically, um, is a worldly example, right? In terms of criminal law. Okay, we're going to bring criminal law into this because it's kind of what we're doing. We're like atoning, saying sorry, forgiving, judgment, whatever. Okay, who's worse? Who's a worse villain? Okay, we have two two choices. Who's a worse villain? One who mugs an innocent bystander and injures him seriously, right? Or B, a person who sees someone else drowning but doesn't jump in to save them. Who's worse, right? Well, it depends on how you look at it, okay? Who's worse? A, the person who mugged and seriously injured someone is definitely a criminal, right? Um, B, he wouldn't, this guy who didn't save someone who was drowning isn't going to be tried as a, he's not a criminal, right? And in terms of legal law, he's not a criminal, right? But the A is a criminal, right? But a, the guy who, st- the person who steals and then injures the person, that person will heal, right? But B, that person lost his entire life, okay? So violating a transgression is like person A. It requires more atonement because the crime was more active and tangible, okay? Failing to observe a positive commandment is like person B. You're less culpable technically, but your crime of omission has resulted in greater loss for the world. So back to what um, Esther said, right? But but not doing this thing is very hard, right? So it's just a matter of, of perspective, right? A, the guy who mugged and injured, he's a criminal. He's tried as a criminal, but the person that he hurt can heal and still alive, right? B, the person who just watched someone drown, he's not, he didn't do anything. He's not tried as a criminal, but the results of his action are far more severe. So, which is why A, you need, more tangible repentance because there's more damage, physical damage, like there was more tangible acts that you did. You stole, you physically hurt someone, right? Those are things that need to be forgiven and atoned for, right? The the person who who just stood by and was passive, he can't, you can't basically you 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 have to atone because you didn't do something you should have. But, the, but you, there's not really anything else to atone for, but the, but the and the loss of life that happened because of it is what we're saying. When we don't do a positive act, the ramifications to the world of not drawing down that light is so severe, but you can't really atone for something that didn't happen. But the effects on the world, which is why it's more valuable, the reason why positive commandments are more valuable because what the potential that it has to do for the world is a bigger deal. Does that make it worse or better? <laughs> Again, on your faces, I'm like, I don't know. This isn't going well.
2: <laughs> I think <laughs> I get caught when I try to like compare, like which one is like a bigger deal, or what. I, I, I what
0: think we're. It? I think we shouldn't do bigger deal. I think we're talking about criminal versus not criminal right um damage versus not damage not worse or better right does that help are you you know criminal versus not criminal damage versus not damage or severe more severe damage less severe damage because they're both damaged but which one has bigger impact on the world i liked that metaphor also because I kept thinking like, well, not doing a positive commandment is also passive. Like it's also in, in action. So I was right. like, I don't know if they're both passive, they're both passive, but right that, yeah. So, what we're, so I think we have to remember in the beginning, we're saying that even though it's passive, it's still an action, but it's a less tangible action. So going back to what you said before, like not, Spreading the lashon hara and not eating the sandwich and not whatever like you don't necessarily have so much to show for it tangibly, but it's very very difficult, right? And the same thing with the with the opposite way, not doing the positive commandment, not lighting Shabbos candles, not you know keeping Shabbos. Like you don't have so much to show for it, but the the missed opportunity that we that is happening is very, very, it's a very big deal, right? The missed opportunity of not having God, that part of God's light in this world has a very big effect. Yes. I'm confused on which one is you get atonement right away and which one you have to wait till Yom Kippur. That's what I'm confused about. Okay, so the one you get atonement right away is, is um, not not doing a positive act. So let's say you didn't light Shabbos candles one week for Shabbos, right? You realize you feel bad. You're like, whatever. I I'm sorry. I was too busy, whatever. Um, So you, you repent for that and your atonement happens right away. Okay. Okay. If you were to eat a ham sandwich, you realize, oh my gosh, I feel so bad. It was so delicious. But like, I just fell off the wagon and I ate a ham sandwich, whatever. You atone for it. God puts your punishment on hold. And then your complete atonement happens at Yom Kippur. So it's all pretty much logically speaking, because one is really, really bad. (laughs) And the other one is like, you just didn't do so if you right look at it like the example, one's a criminal offense and one is just the right. being passive. Okay. Got it. Okay. Thank you. Okay. So we have like, l- let's, I want you guys to really come away with an understanding of this. I, um, this is what we, uh, we finished. We have 10 minutes left. We're going to do a meditation whatever. but this is what I had planned for today. Let me just make sure I didn't miss anything. Um, I think to me, the power, the the powerful thing here, when you think about omission is the missed opportunity. And I think that's what, that's really what like, we're trying to say here, like the reason why the positive commandments are valued is number one, it goes both ways. Number one, it's because what actually happens when we do them. And number two, when we don't do them, what's not happening is a big deal also, right? As opposed to the transgression, right? There, when we don't do a transgression, it's great, but it's pretty passive, right? It's kind of expected of you, right? God said, don't do it. So you didn't do it. Yay for you right? You follow, you know what I'm saying? You follow the rules, like you're expected to follow the rules, right? So that's why it's not as a big of a deal. But when you break the rule, not only are you rebelling against God, but you you cause damage. You cause damage when you break the rule. So, and that is why the, uh, the process of atonement is harder because of the damage that was done. When you just are passively not doing a positive commandment, yes, it's a rebellion, but there is no damage done. When you didn't light Shabbos candles, what happened was is the missed opportunity of bringing down light, but there's no damage. Yeah? Yeah? Okay. So that is really what we're like, a culmination of, of today's class. I want to tell you what we now know. Okay. We now know what happens when we do a mitzvah, what happens when we don't do a mitzvah. We know what happens when we refrain from a, uh, uh, transgression. And when we do a transgression, Okay, there's four, four scenarios that we talked about here. Right. We also now, because we now know the effects our actions have on us, on the world, damage-related, not damage-related, we now understand a little bit more, right? Not very much more because we're still in the first section of chapter one, right? But we understand a little bit more of why the repentance is longer or shorter process, depending on damage done, This is all, we now know this. Okay. We have a myriad of more things to know, but this is what, this is what we know. This is where we are at right now. Okay. Perfect timing. We'll go do a meditation. Any questions before meditation? Is anything still not like, is, is a sticking point for you? Because as I was prepared, I had a, First of all, it's a miracle that like I'm even coherent. I got two hours of sleep last night because of Hanaleh. And I was as I'm preparing, I'm like, I understand this in my brain. But am I going to be able to give this over in a way that makes sense? So I think I eventually got there. But it was hard. <laughs> it's a hard like, you know, we're talking about four different scenarios and trying to place them in order of severity, which is hard to do, right? Because there's variables involved. Um, But if there's any, let's meditate. Let's think about it. Let's embody what we've learned. And if any questions come up or if there's something that's still not jiving, we will deal with it afterwards, okay? So wiggle your body a little if you need to like roll your neck, um, take a deep breath, close your eyes. And the first thing we're gonna do is like we did last time is we're just gonna bring awareness To our breath. Um, I just want you to think about or just observe where you're at right now. Okay, so where were you at before class? Where are you at right now? You know, class on the one hand is very intellectually stimulating, and it we're focused and involved. But sometimes it can be also super activating, right? If we're like involved and we're trying to figure something out, we can get a heightened sense of like energy. So we just want to like. Now what, now that we've spent all that time hashing this out, now let's just sit with it for a minute. <clears throat> and this is what I want you to sit with, okay. With a positive command, with positive commands, the cause and effect relationship between the physical world and its spiritual mirror is fully engaged okay so that process when we do a positive commandment is working okay that reflection this is why a positive command overrides a prohibition the opportunity to bring infinite light into the upper worlds is crucial for the universe and must not be missed okay so when we don't do a positive command think about the missed opportunity of this cycle happening, this mirror. And what I really want you to go home with, which I think is the most powerful of all, is that a mitzvah is an act of intimacy with God, resembling the intimacy of husband and wife. When we do a mitzvah, okay, forget about not doing it, yes, doing it. Did I do it, not do it? Do I have to atone for it? When do I atone for it? How do I atone for it? Forget that for a second. When you're actually doing a mitzvah, the act, it's an act of intimacy. You are uniting, you are being sanctified, you are becoming one with God. Sit with those thoughts for a minute. I want you to observe and notice what you feel in your body when you think of that. Okay, let's breathe through this for a minute. Okay, we're changing up how we're doing our breath and when. Take a deep breath, an active deep breath, inhale. Your body should move up and open. Exhale, let it all go. Inhale. Exhale, let it all go. Three more times, inhale. Inhale. This last inhale, before we exhale, we wanna do what we're gonna do a short breath hold. So inhale all the way in, all the way in. Hold. And let it all out.
1: How do you feel? Let your breath come back to its normal rhythm.
0: Just relax into the space. You're feeling any residual tension. Just try to breathe through that specific area in your body. Just let it go. You don't have to hold it, it doesn't serve you. Release it. And when you're ready, you can gently open your eyes. Take your time, there's no rush. Did anything come up for any of you during that? very short meditation. Any thoughts, feelings, realizations, worries, concerns, epiphanies. We feel comfortable with what we learned. We understand. We waded through. We like, we waded through the, the complications. Okay, good. Um, And just think about it throughout the week. If you have um, any of these two books, they're both excellent. You can always read through the chapter again. Um, And if you have any questions during the week, you let me know. Um, Next week, I will not be here. So we're going to be missing a week. Does not mean you cannot show up the following week. I know it's hard when there's a break in consistency, but we can handle this, guys. We can do this. We can come back. Um, and I will I will remind you that there's no class next week. Okay? And then the following week, you'll be reminded that there is class. Okay? So you have an extra week to think about all the different ways we can do or not do. Right? Like passive, tangible. We have a lot of different ways of that manifest. And by the way, the best way to to kind of um, internalize this is is through action. So when you're doing something, like lighting Shabbos candles this Shabbos, think about what you're doing, right? Think about the tangible act you're doing and what's being drawn down. When you refrain from doing something you shouldn't do, think about what's happening, okay? When you transgress, because we all will, after right after when we realize oopsie think about what happened think about the damage think about why your repent why your atonement is a longer process right just go through your life be more aware think of like this is how we affect change we start to be aware of what's happening when we do things okay report back in two weeks (laughs) thank you so much have a good night i'm gonna thank you so much thank Thank you
1: thanks